when I was thinking about moving, I just thought, what have I got to lose? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'll just do something else. And I have always been that way. I just think if you don't give it a go, you're never going to know. And what have you got to lose? So he said to me, build it and they'll come. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone and welcome to Imprint. I'm excited to share my conversation today with Belinda Thatterthwaite, who some of you might know through the Instagram feed, tamoli underscore carcore. She has quite a story. She lives in a town of just 250 people and yet she has had her tiny little shop become a sustainable business and not only that has had it featured in uh, national publications including Country Style and Qantas magazine. She's had leading homeware brands um, photograph her shop and her Airbnb. She has been involved in her town's journey to becoming a um, you know a tiny town sort of getting an award at a tourism um, event and so many more things and all because she has just believed in herself, put herself out there and taken the mindset that if you build it, they will come. So if you're looking for some encouragement that, you know, maybe you're thinking it's just too hard or I can't do this, then I encourage you to listen to my conversation with Belinda because what she has managed to achieve with, you know, a tiny location out of the way Um, and she's still made, you know, the life that she wants possible. So enjoy my conversation with Belinda Satterthwaite. Hi, Belinda. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because I love your story about, you know, you've created this business in a remote country town and you're still doing what you love and you seem to really enjoy what you're doing as well. So let's just kind of start a little bit at the beginning though. Did you always live in this town? Like where did you grow up and were you creative as a child? Can you just shine a little bit about of a light on your background? Um, yes, Natalie. Well, for one, um, thanks for having me um, on your podcast. I'm honored to be here today. Uh, yeah, well, um, I grew up in country New South Wales in the outback, um, Broken Hill, uh, where I lived um, probably till my um, late teens. I went to school um, in Broken Hill as well. And during that time, I probably wasn't all that academic, um, I would say, at school. Uh, But I was, I would say, very creative. Um, I used to love going to art lessons. Um, I was always probably more of a tomboy at school. Um, Used to love lead lead lighting, woodwork, metalwork, all that sort of thing. Um, 
but not probably maths and, you know, science and English. I wasn't uh, any scholar at school, but uh, um, I ended up going on, leaving school. I actually trained as a nurse in the, Bro in the Broken Hill Hospital um, in a hospital situation and not at university. Okay. And so then so, yeah. at what point did you then move to where you live now? And maybe you can sort of explain to our listeners. I mean, we've, we have listeners all around the world. Yep. So just kind of paint a little bit of a picture of where you live now, maybe, you know, the distance from the closest city. Um, so they've got a little bit of a context, you know, how long it would take to drive there and how you ended up there and how you ended up opening a shop. Well, it's probably a very, very long story. When we left Broken Hill um, in my late teens, probably around 19, we actually moved to the south coast of New South Wales at Churros Head, where we built our very first home at about the age of 21. Uh, I married my um, childhood sweetheart from school and we are now um, both 60. So we've done a lot in that time. Um, and once we built that home, we decided um, we would sell up and we travelled Australia for three years. So in that time, we lived in several, you know, bigger places like in Perth and Darwin and Adelaide. Um, and during that period of time, we decided to go back to visit family in Broken Hill and we bought another home there. So out of the blue, we restored a beautiful stone cottage in Broken Hill, which we bought for 15000 back in the day. <laughs> um, and we lived there with my husband's work. Um, he worked in the mines in explosives. So we did actually travel not a lot. We moved around a lot in those younger um, period of our married life. Uh, we lived in Queensland um, in between Brisbane and the Gold Coast where we had another home. So we have had lots of different um, places to call home since we were married. And then with my husband's work again, we had the opportunity to move to the region we are now. So twenty. Four years ago, uh, we moved to Orange and then we bought a home in Millthorpe, another older home that we renovated. And during that time as well, we bought an old pharmacy, a chemist shop, which we renovated again. And that became my very first Airbnb, um, which we ran for 15 years. Uh, we always called Millthorpe our forever home. And during that time as well, uh, I was running the little cottage for a couple to stay in the old chemist shop, which has now had probably four owners since we sold that business. And I don't know how it came about, but I started probably styling that little property um, to open as an Airbnb. And I thought, you know what? I I just love all this homewares. Um, you know, I just had fun doing that project. So out of the out of the blue, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna open a shop. And that is what I did with no um what do you say, with no idea what I was doing. I can remember um 
back when I was younger, I did do a business course at TAFE after I left school, but really didn't remember anything about that. Uh, so I just did it on a whim and I operated that shop called Tamale after my two children, Tom and Molly, for 10 years in uh, Millthorpe where we actually lived for 24 years and we thought that was our forever home. Um, and yeah, uh, on this particular day, uh, my husband said, oh, um, there's an old flour mill for sale in Carcor. Uh, maybe, you know, we should go and have a look. And I got all excited about that. Um, and we came out here to look at that. Um, with no intentions of buying it, it had uh, a huge old garage, which was Hagen's Garage in back in 1925. So that is on the property. We actually now live in a old flour mill that was built in 1855. And joining it is Hagen's Cottage, which Tremaine Hagen was the original mechanic here back in 1925 so it was his little cottage but we never ever planned to leave Millthorpe and we looked at this property my husband said now don't say anything to the real estate if you like it because you know we have no plans on leaving you know our home that we'd renovated in Millthorpe and we had a shop and we had the old chemist shop there that I was still running as an Airbnb as well and he just said um, on the way out, I shook the real estate's hand and said, thanks for showing us through. Uh, my husband um, shook his hand and said, I'd like to make an offer, thanks. So I was dumbfounded. <laughs> I just thought, oh, my goodness, I've, I still have a, uh, we still have a house. In, we can't do this. We still have a house in um, Millfort. We have a shop and we have the old chemist, our accommodation. But I don't know. It just all fell into place and I took the plunge and relocated my store after having it for 10 years in Millthorpe to a little historic town 20 minutes away from Orange. Um, and oh, Sorry, 40 minutes away from Orange and 20 minutes away from where we actually were living in Millthorpe, which is probably three and a half hours west of Sydney over the Blue Mountains, a little historic village of 250 people and everyone told us we were mad. But we did it and we've been here now seven years with my shop uh, operating here for five years, um, six years this coming January. So I've had tamale um, now for 15 years. Wow, that's amazing. So, so that's my little backstory. <laughs> so obviously, Lots. yeah, I mean, there's a few things that are of interest there. I mean, obviously you and your husband enjoy, um, you know, renovating different projects. And I'm really curious to learn how you've approached those projects. Um, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? And, you know, it sounds like there's a mix of historic properties in there, you know, older style homes. So can you just shine a little bit of a light on that for a start? Um, you know, what what are you doing when you're renovating them? Are you doing like gutting them or like what what's, you know, some of the key things that you do? How do you kind of 
go about it? Do you usually get an architect involved or just a drafts person? And um, what what's your process? Can you just share a little bit of a, a light on that? Because it sounds like you've done a lot of homes over the years, and I think it would be really valuable to get some of your insights, you know, like some of the big lessons that you've learned and how you approach it now, I guess, as well. Um, oh, most of them have been old homes. Um, and one, no, we've never had architects. We've basically just done it all on our own whim. My husband is very, very handy. Uh, our home in, uh, our very first home that we did down the coast, that was a build. So it was new. That was back in, you know, the early 80s. Um, so each each home has changed, like I think styles and the look of things over a period of years. You know, that one was, you know, a brown ready brick with, you know, skylights and, you know, very, very, I don't know what you'd say, um, a complete change to having an older home. Um, but I just think uh, when we were in Broken Hill, the home we had there had been eaten by white ants, the floors. So, you know, we had to replace the floors. It was a stone building. Um, and out the back, it was an old, had the old veranda with the louver, win, you know, louver windows that we replaced because, it, you know, you can't have a home like that in the desert because it's freezing cold. And uh, it was a very, uh, what would you say? That was probably one of the worst ones that we did because, yeah, just because of, you know, white ants had eaten things out, we had to replace the bathrooms. But, you know, if we can't do it ourselves, we would always call in tradesmen to, do, you know, to do the electrical side of things or the, you know, the tiling or the plumbing or that sort of thing. Um, when we moved to Queensland, that was a newer home as well. So... I just sort of put my stamp on that. Uh, moving then to um, Millthorpe, that was another um, very sturdy, structured, um, solid home that we just really in that one we changed, you know, maybe took out a wall here and there to open things up. Uh, and each home has had its own little story. Um, the chemist shop, um, it was uh, operated as a pharmacy. It had been um, as a doctor's surgery. It had been lots of little things over the years. So that was a solid stone um, building as well that uh, it was mainly just the internal fit out that we did of that um, and it had an old, again, lots of those old buildings always just had the old louvers on the back veranda where there was a bathroom or uh, whatever. So that was what was changed. We actually demolished that um, in the old chemist shop that we had and put on a new bathroom uh, and just fitted it out. Uh, it told a little story. We always had little bits of old pharmacy memorabilia in there. Um, our first guests I can remember coming to stay there were from Perth and they left me when they um, were departing, beautiful little old bottles and different things and I had a cabinet in there that told the little story about, you know, the history of that place and 
Oswell, we had all the old signage put up back on that building as it was back in the 1800s. Um, and then coming here to Karkor, we were very, very lucky that the previous owner had done a lot of the architectural major, major renovations on the property. So it was a matter of, you know, just uh, painting it the colours, simple, plain white colours that, you know, light colours that I love and changing, you know, light fittings and just doing those other um things that would make it feel like it was mine so yeah we were very lucky in this um yeah in this property that the majority of the structural um side of things were all done so yeah and and what about your so, own yeah. your own style because um i mean I think we first came into contact when you were doing my course, the Styling Masterclass, and, you know, it was apparent that you... Oh, yes! <laughs> you're an OG, an original, um, and, you know, you have a great sense of style and how you put things together. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, have you always had that or is that something that is developed over the years? And, you know, just to kind of get an insight in how, you know, how you put things together because I think you do it in a really considered and beautiful way. I just throw it all together. <laughs> I just throw it all together. Um, I don't know. It just happens. And I don't, well, over the years, I've, I don't know. I've just been become confident in what I do and I just do what I love. I, um, prior to doing, I think, your course, I actually uh, went to ISCD in Sydney, the International School of Colour and Design, where I did a six-month course um, there, catching the train to Sydney every Thursday for six months, um, down and back for the day, so an eight-hour round trip to do a course every Thursday. And then I, and I think that I started that when I decided I wanted a shop. Um, I just thought maybe I need a little bit of help with, I don't know, just putting things together with colour and it's really funny because my very first shop, the shop when I first opened it, if you look back on my Instagram, it was revolting. I I actually was buying things for people. I was buying for the people what I thought they loved at that time and it was very bright, you know, but to me now I cannot stand really anything with colour. In my own shop now I have a few lines of produce that may have some colour on it and they have to be behind me so I don't look at them all day. <laughs> um, and, yeah, doing, you know, your um, – it was the styling masterclass I think I actually did with you. I don't, yeah, and things have just evolved. I I don't know. I just I just do it. I – I find a lot of inspiration, I think, from being outside in nature. You'll often, you know, if I go to Canberra or Sydney, it takes twice as long to get there because I'm always stopping, grabbing foliage, finding things, you know. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's just, it's. I think it's just within me and it, I don't, I don't know. It just happens. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, well, you, yeah. Yeah, you do have a great sense of style and I do think that, 
the shop itself and you know we will share some some photos um on on the show notes on my website somewhere of your shop because it it really is beautiful you've got these uh sort of beautiful timber shelves that are sort of like black and timber and you display your products beautifully and um you know it's amazing i mean did you ever sort of think were you always catering for the local population or, or tourists or, you know, because obviously you are in a remote location and, um, you know, yeah. it's just sort of to buy that amount of stock and, you know, all of those kind of things. Like, how, you know, can you just, again, like shine a little bit of a light on that journey of running a shop in a remote location and how you've managed to have that as a sustainable business? Yeah, uh, when I first opened, um, Milford was probably, it was becoming known for, you know, a beautiful restaurant called Tonic that was there. Uh, Millthorpe's a little bit more uh, doable for probably people that are in our region. It was, it had a lot more to, well, it had a lot more to offer. You know, there was, um, a, over the period of time of having a shop there, you know, that more people moved in and opened little businesses there was several cellar doors and that sort of thing and Millthorpe was very much um, a weekend destination for people uh, mainly uh, in Millthorpe I think probably a lot more local support from within the region with um, customers uh, and a lot of people basically from Sydney, Canberra, Mudgee, you know, within a two or three hour radius from us, visit this region for the, for the wine, for the food, you know, um, lots of people now are out here bike riding. So Millthorpe, I think, was um, a lot easier as it was a known destination, whereas when I decided to pack up the store which was a huge huge plunge into the unknown um will it work will it won't i had a rep um a male rep used to come in and visit me from rm williams who i said oh i think i'm going to move the store to um Karkor. and he said to me so what's in Karkor?" and i said uh nothing really a pub um one pottery shop and a couple of museums and a population of 250 people so we're a sort of a little bit further away from orange but in over the six or five years that i have relocated the shop here now he basically told me when i was um thinking about moving i just thought what have I got to lose? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'll just do something else. Like, and I have always been that way. I just think if you don't give it a go, you're never going to know. And what have you got to lose? So um, he said to me, build it and they'll come. So I took the plunge, moved the shop, opened it. Um, at the same time, there was no cafe or anything here. So at the same time, a little cafe opened um, and it is tough in a little place where, you know, nobody's coming to start with. Um, the cafe in, you know, the five years I've been here has had several owners. So 
you know, it's, it isn't easy and you've just got to, you know, I have been very, not lucky, um, through lots of hard work. I think Instagram is a huge player, um, of my business and, uh, putting me in touch with so many people, um, when I first moved here, I just think if it wasn't probably for Instagram and my being very active on there, you know, basically every day you'll find that I'm posting something or doing something on there to drive those people to the area uh, is something that has really benefited me. Um, you know, since coming here, we've been lucky to have had uh country style magazine um victoria Carey was the editor previously uh she did an article on my story Millfort many moons ago um and she contacted me out of the blue one day and just said look i've followed your little journey and i'd love to come to Carcor and photograph your home and your shop so we featured in country style probably i don't know four five years ago now our home and the shop just not long after opening which you know getting something in an editorial magazine like that i think has been huge as well and then after opening um hagen's cottage we were also featured in country style magazine and that did get the word i think that has got the word out you know to a broader um area and we are very lucky to have had um huggins cottage featured as well last month in qantas in-flight magazine so you know all those little things i think help along the way and it's about collaborating with you know other people i can remember um not being very confident in what i did previously uh i went to a workshop not a workshop, a gathering of very like-minded women at a farm in the middle of nowhere several years ago, probably a couple of years ago. And at that, um, at that work, not workshop, at that gathering, we sat around that night with a glass of red wine, which I never drink usually, and we had to uh, tell our journey to the other people that were there and had to say what our intentions were for the next 12 months in our business or in our, you know, in our lives. And mine was to um, open an online store, which I did. Um, and the other thing, when I introduced myself at that gathering, I said, um, hi, I, and I can always remember, I said, hi, I'm Belinda, I'm just a shopkeeper. And Louisa Brimble, who is a very, um, very, very, very good uh, photographer, looked up at me and said, you are not just a shopkeeper, you are the shopkeeper. And from then on in, I have often, or well, I often do sign off, kindness always, the shopkeeper. So I've, I, I own that now. And, you know, you've got to be proud of your little, achievements I think and every little bit helps and I think the publicity in magazines um, we've actually had a few photo shoots here um, 
Pony Rider have used our cottage here and the little town of Karkor for their um, uh, launching of different products. Um, we've last last year was a bit of a um, touch me moment when I was actually uh, approached by Importante, who are the importers of La Bottega Bonella uh, linen clothing from Positano. They actually in, uh, asked me to be their winter ambassador for their range and I was photographed here in Karkor and at our cottage as well for that. So that was so special turning, you know, Nelly turning 60 and I get to be on the front cover of a fashion, um, you know, a fashion label. So that was exciting. Um, and yeah, NC Interiors are a um, beautiful bed uh, company that make a local girl here, Christy Withers. She does um, the most magnificent, beautiful beds for children and also adults. So they actually did um, a shoot here at the cottage as well. So I just said, you know, all those little things and in being here in Karkor in a, a you know, a few years after promoting it and, you know, collaborating and sharing your information with, you know, tourist, there's uh, Orange 360 in Orange who promote the region as a tourist destination. Um, you know, always sharing your information with people like that. And Carcor uh, also won last year, we were named um, and, you know, after lots of hard work, um, I think Little Carcall was rewarded as well. I um, attended uh, Parliament House last year. Carcall uh, was named as the top tiny New South Wales town um, of under 1,500 people. So we went to the Australian Tourism Awards, um, didn't win uh, the Australian tiny town. Uh, we got um, tipped at the gate by Strawn in Tassie, but we did get, um, we are still now um, 2022's tiny town of New South Wales. It's amazing. So, yeah, so lots has just, lots has happened since, you know, the move to Karkor has opened up my whole world basically to lots of things. Do you think, I'm just curious. Do, lots of beautiful people. Yeah. Do you think because you are in a small town, it's kind of made you dig deeper in some ways? Like you've had to not just sort of rely on, oh, passing traffic and, you know, like you've kind of had to get creative. You've got to get a little bit strategic, a little bit savvy. And it's kind of made you step into a role that if you were in a bigger town or a busier town, you know, you would have maybe just kind of gone with the flow perhaps a little bit more, whereas it's really pushed you in some ways to kind of get creative. And and because of that, so many other opportunities have opened up. I'm just curious on your perspective about that. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I always think too, I, my head never stops. There's always something that's I go for a drive, you know, I, there's always something, you know, I think what's next, there's got to be something else. There's, you know, there's always, there's always something, you know, you can't stand still, you can't stand stagnant. And, you know, retail is really tough at the moment. But um, 
it's been like that in 15 years. You know, you have your ups and downs and you've just got to keep treading water. And, you know, um, there's you've just got to have that tribe of people around you too that believe in you and, um, you know, there's so many people, not so many people in my life, but there's people, you know, friends that I've made along my journey and friends that I've made outside of this um area where we live and then that's probably due to you know social media making friends with people um that yeah you know i never plan anything i never have had a business plan things just evolve things happen um you know i now on my um early week usually every fortnight i'm now on my way to canberra usually down and back for the day as i have opened another little store there as well so there's all you know and that was never planned either uh um i was just chatting with somebody and they said oh you know would you ever thought about bringing a little snippet of your store to canberra so canberra's two and a half hours away two hours 45 minutes um so for the last four months or so I have now a little snippet of what I do in Canberra at Dirty Jane's Emporium that are also in Barrel. So, ah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's not planned either. So I've created a little space and people say to me, how can you create that space to look like your space back home? And it's, I don't know. I just went in and did a little snippet of um, what tamale looks like in Karkor. That's amazing. So that then drives people, you know, I have a little sign there that says my little flat, my flagship store is in Karkor and it's amazing, I think, too. We have a um, beautiful little Italian lacanda here in Karkor uh, that has come since we have arrived. Um, and Kelly and Paolo um, are an amazing couple, um, Paolo from uh, is from Shosharia in um, the central part of Italy. But they've started a little Italian lacanda here that you can eat. And Kelly has said to me recently, we cannot believe how many more Canberra um, inquiries we're having to dine at Antica. So that's just that, you know, you've, you've got to share the love and you've got to spread the love and you've just got to... Um, you know, tap in with all these other uh, creative people that are about. Yeah, that's wonderful. And if you don't know something, just do it, give it a go, and what have you got to lose, I say. That's right. So, yeah. yeah definitely. And I love as well that, you know, it's quite apparent, like you say, you know, you you invested in your yourself by doing the ISCD. You know, you invested in yourself by doing the Styling Masterclass. You went to that gathering, and I think – you know, it really shows how you make an effort to surround yourself with other people who are like-minded to kind of do things that inspire you and fuel your creative growth. How do, important do you think that has been for you to kind of have that confidence to do the things that you do? Um, it's been very, very, it's, it has been very, very helpful. You know, uh, I just... Um, yeah, you've just got to have that like-minded community. You know, I often self, self-doubt and, you know, I have a daughter that's very, very mindful and has her own, you know, little side hustle of, um, 
motivation and she's one of my probably biggest cheerleaders. She said today, you, you can nail it, Mum, because I was so scared about talking to <laughs> Natalie Walton on the podcast. But she said, you can do it, Mum, just do it, just speak your truth and tell your story. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a bush bogan girl from the country. I'm, you know... You, t- you see, I am who I am and take me for who I am. I like, there's no, there's no, I don't play the game of being someone else that I'm not. I'm, this is who I am. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, there's, there's just so many amazing um, people out, you know, out there and, you know, you've just, yeah, I don't know, you and, yeah, I don't. I just can't explain like just how grateful I am to be where I am today, um, and that probably comes too from a very supportive husband. You know, um, he's he's the one in the background that does all the hard grunt work for me, and you know has never self doubted me for what I do. Or yeah, I, it's just um, yeah, I'm just grateful for where I am in my life at the moment. So, yeah. No, it's, it's wonderful. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions that I ask at the end of um, every podcast to sort of get a little bit more of an insight into, into you and your journey. So the first one is um, often the most challenging question for a lot of people, but it's, um, it's just, I think it's so interesting to hear, you know, the slight nuances of everyone's answers with this one. So which, it is, which five words best describe you? One, authentic. Two, loyal. Three, fun. Four, generous, extra generous. Um, Five, a total dreamer. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, What's the best lesson you've learned in your life, business, or one of the best... Um, best lessons you've learned um I just think always follow your gut instincts always like I said don't self-doubt um I just think whatever whatever it is that you're dreaming about just do it and you've got nothing to lose basically Mm. what's been your proudest achievement oh I'd have to say my children, giving birth to two beautiful children after being on the IVF for probably 10 years and conceiving them naturally, um, they're my biggest achievement. And, you know, seeing them grow now into young adults, which are 26 and 28, Tom and Molly, who I named the store after 15 years ago. So, yeah, they're always a part of my day. I bet. Um, what's been your best decision? Definitely making the move to Karkor has opened up my whole world. Yeah. It's amazing. Who inspires you? Mm. Lots of people. (laughs) Um, just, I don't know. There's lots of people, probably lots of, um, books especially Natalie Walton books (laughs) that I have um a stack in the cottage I have a stack at the shop I have um yeah um 
a lot of coffee table books. Um, I'm, yeah. Oh, there's there's so many that inspire me. Like, and I I think too, I'm one that takes a lot of inspiration for um, being out in nature when I'm out, when I'm on a road trip somewhere. Like, um, it's yeah. I take inspiration from being outside, being in nature. Um, yeah, just my surrounds, I think. Yeah. What are you passionate about? Passionate about? Oh. Oh. Passionate about being the best version I can of myself. That's well said. Uh, what dream do you still want to fulfill? Ooh. Um, um, I would love to go back overseas hopefully next year maybe to Greece um what else uh I think I may have we may have one more build in us Mm. we've bought a block of land recently in Karkor that overlooks some beautiful hills and the train station here so maybe a build Mm, maybe but my life's getting shorter, you see. I'm, you know, at the other end of the ruler now. <laughs> um, uh, that, what else? Um, and I'd actually like a book too. Oh, wow. That would be good. Yeah. Um, there's been lots of talk over the last couple of years, but, um, yes, that just hasn't eventuated quite yet, but. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's an inkling in there. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What are you reading at the moment? What do you have on your coffee table or your bedside table? Well, you may like to know this, but um, I am have never been a reader. I don't. I think I've read one novel from front to back, and that would be Samantha Wills from Gold to Dust, and I've probably read that four times. Um, I am not a reader at all. You will find I have, well, I do flick through books and read sections of coffee table interiors books, and I love baking, so I have lots of cookbooks, but reading no, it's just not me. That's okay. We're all different. Um, what about yeah. what are you listening to? Do you listen to podcasts or do you like listen to music? No, not really. I, um, I, I'm like if I'm home, I love peace and quiet. I never have. I ne- hardly ever watch TV. I hardly ever have music on at home. Um. In the car, if I when I'm travelling to Canberra, each alternate fortnight or whenever to restock and restyle the shop, um, no music on. That is my me time to sort out what's up in my head and my thinking time, and that happens at home a lot as well. Um, in the shop, you'll always find that it's peaceful, calming, beautiful um, uh, music in the background, either piano or slow jazz or um, uh, piano, guitar or jazz in the background at, at work 
And I often, it's funny, um, my daughter was in the car the other day and my Bluetooth must have Bluetoothed to the car and she's gone, Mum, what is that music? (laughs) (laughs) But that sets the scene for a beautiful experience in the shop, I think. Um, But at home, I hate chatter, hate noise in my head. I just, it's my, yeah, I'm a, I, I just like peace and quiet. Yeah, I, I love to hear the church bells ringing outside on the hour from the church here in Karkor and I love listening to the river in our back garden and, yeah, that sounds <laughs> the good. birds. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. I love peace and quiet too. Um, and finally, yeah. what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Um, probably I know there is, um, so much pressure put on lots of children these days at school and, you know, you know, you've got to go to university, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I just think, um, you know, don't put pressure on yourself and also things always work out in the end as they are meant to, you know, you don't, don't stress on the little things more or less, just, Whatever will be, will be. That's a good good note to to end on. Um, okay, well, thank yeah. you so so much. Um, I've really loved learning more about your story and all your projects. And I think, yeah, it's incredibly inspiring. As I said, that you live in this little town with two hundred and fifty people, and yet you've managed to reach the world. Fashion brands in Italy publications across Australia, you know, leading homewares brands have worked with you. And um, it goes to show that it doesn't matter where you live or, you know, your age or your circumstances or whatever that, you know, anything is possible. And I think it's a beautiful story. So thank you for sharing it with us today. Thank you, Natalie. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.